This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Bill, how are you? How's it going? I'm Nathan. It's nice meeting you. Nice to meet you, Nathan. All right, so tell us where we are. This is a very cool space in New oh, York. Oh, thanks. Huh? So a few years ago, we wanted to give Media Ocean a facelift. We created this space from scratch. Um, zero offices. Everyone's in cubes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in the same size cube as everyone else. In fact, there's one person who has a larger cube than everyone else, and it's reception. <laughs> Other than that, they're all the same size. That's awesome. Now, so. as, we, as we start walking to the office, give us some context real quick. What does MediaOcean do, and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? Sure, sure. So MediaOcean is probably the largest and, um, and oldest ad tech company. Okay. We've been around this summer. will be 50 years. Five zero. Five zero. Holy mackerel. Founded in 1967. What were you advertising back in 1967? We were doing a lot of print. Really? Then. Okay. A lot of, lot of print. Uh, but but we're, we're basically the backbone behind all the payments, the reconciliation. Uh, if you're a buyer or a planner at an ad agency, mm-hmm. you use our systems like traders use Bloomberg. That's great. Now, how much, I guess you, when you say largest, you measure media spend through the platform? Yes. What are you at to date so far in 2017 and what did you do last year? Last year, we did $141 billion wow. through our platform, uh, and we'll eclipse that by about 5 or $6 billion this year. He's competitive, can you tell? All right, <laughs> take me, let, me, let me just check out the rest of the office here. So Excellent. And you told me while we're walking, there's a funny story. You were telling me beforehand, this was where you exited to Yahoo. You were in the same space, huh? Yes, yes. So, uh, so when we sold Right Media to Yahoo, uh, this was the hot job space, uh-huh. and then we moved in here. So I actually spent three years here, and when my assistant was looking at space, I, I pulled up to the building. I said, what floor is it on? And she said, six. Why? And I said, that's where we were at Yahoo. So we walked into that the space. That is funny. We crushed it all down and then rebuilt from scratch. That's amazing. Okay, yeah. tell us about this space. How do you guys use this space? <laughs> so, you know, when we, we, we wanted collaboration um, because it's almost 100,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. We want a place where everyone was going to centralize. Uh, there'd be a lot of collaboration, a lot of information flow. So if you want coffee, there's only one place in this office you can get it. It's right here. We got some iced coffee there. We got ping pong, we got a yoga room. Uh, we do all of our all hands meetings here. You got the game room over here? We have game room. We do Pilates and yoga in that game room. Um, and uh, all of our training is around back there. Now, do you have all the records on all these games back here? No, I suck. <laughs> um, in fact, you know, we look at you know the, who's in top every month, and we check their performance. That's pretty cool. Just, yeah, to, just sure. to make sure they're not just slacking. To make sure, yeah. <laughs> it's like I have a, uh, I have a, I have a thing where. If you're a CEO or executive and you're good at golf, it means you're probably not that good of a CEO. Because, because you can't be good at golf. It's all about repetition. Yeah. All right, let's, let's check it over here. So this is, uh, well, first off, how many employees do you have? This is a huge space. No, it's a huge space. And actually, it goes all the way down here. If you, if you look over here, mm-hmm. uh, we have about 400 employees in this space. Okay, and what's like the breakdown over here of yeah, so, the 400? So this, is, this is all tech, engineering, QA product over here. Okay. Uh, we go into sales and account management over there. And then around the corner is all customer support, which is where I decided to sit. Customer but support, that's good. Because you know it what's going a on with your products. 
And if you want to know what's going on with the company, the people in customer support are the, the chattiest. They know everything that's going yeah. on. Yeah. Now, so, how many salespeople do you have? So uh, because we have every single major agency, our sales department um, is looking for some smaller agencies. It's looking for connect partners. That's ad tech companies, data companies, supply partners, convergence. So we actually only have uh, about seven salespeople. Okay, and you don't, I mean, we talked to a lot of big B2B SaaS companies in the yep. 100 million ARR range. They have a playbook for inside sales, expansion revenue, et cetera. Yep. Your sales team, I imagine, is probably a little different than that. It's almost all very strategic. Um, high, high touch. High touch. Yeah. Uh, our sales, you know, takes, you know, anywhere from three to nine months. Oh, wow, okay. On average. Yep. So yep. these are long sales cycles, very complex. We pull in solution engineers, we pull in product people, we pull in uh, our account teams, so it's a, it's a team effort. And so. how do you, so uh, when you're landing, you say customer, are you working directly, like you mentioned, we were talking about Kings earlier on and your golfing buddy, but you also mentioned media partners. Yeah. So are you selling mainly to folks that are selling to other people or are you going direct to consumer or direct to cut business? So for 45 years of the company's history, ad agencies were our sole customers. Mm -hmm. um, in the past five years, we've expanded to now sell to broad TV broadcasters and okay. publishers. Uh, we now sell to all the intermediaries, all the ad tech companies in the middle. Mm -hmm. That could be technology data. Um, and now because of convergence, suppliers, companies like Pandora oh, wow. uh, is a great partner of ours. They're trying to sell to both digital buyers and radio buyers. We're the only ad tech company that is across all those media types. Oh, interesting. Um, and now we're looking at TV as the next big convergence play. And most recently through an acquisition we did uh, we're selling direct to CMOs and brands. What was that acquisition? Who was the acquisition called Coalspace? It's Coal on space. the planning side of the business. Okay. Um, so now we went from five media years media ago, planning. Media planning. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. We went from just selling to ad agencies to now selling to marketers, agencies, publishers, TV broadcasters, and all the intermediaries. Now, as we walk, I want to check out your spaces over here, right? <clears throat> yeah. Customer oh, it's support. Messy. It's messy. That's okay. We won't go to your desk. Okay, we'll we'll go back to that blue room. But right. but tell me about. So you mentioned <clears throat> all the major media buyers using you guys and we were joking earlier I'm going how do people decide like which platform like you to use because there's so yep. many of them yep. um, without getting too technical um, describe why people are choosing to put their money through you versus somebody else so so at the end of it if you're a major agency um, all of our deals with the holding companies are at the holding company level mm -hmm. and are exclusive so from a from a billing reconciliation um, invoicing you know, all that back office stuff, the, those guys all have long-term contracts with us. Mm -hmm. In fact, when, when we were selling the company and raising debt, uh, I had on one slide that we went to S&P and Moody's on that said our average customer contract length, uh, our average relationship length with the holding companies was 27 years. Wow. Um, and they go? And they said, is this 2.7 years? I said, no, it's 27 years. Yeah. So these are long, you know, outstanding contracts. Uh, besides that, our, our contracts are anywhere from one to three years. I was going to say, so, so when you look at your contract length, when you talk about contract values, so you talked about your total spend going through your platform. How do you make money, though? Is it a percentage of... We charge a very, very, very small How small, rate. Bill? Come on. Give, is, me, give me your below what? a fraction of 1%. Fraction of 1%? Yes. Okay, it's pretty low. Yes. So we've commoditized you know, what we do way down. Um, so it'd be very difficult for someone to compete with us because you would re literally need to have 50 or 60 billion of, of spend going through the system just to compete. To, just yep. compete. Yeah. No, there, we've seen all kinds of, as we interview kind of ad tech players, people taking like agrarious amounts of like oh. percentage wise. So we'll talk about crypto coming up actually and a lot of the nice. ad fraud stuff and maybe your yeah. thoughts on that. Well, when you, when you think an ad agency makes, you know, three, four, 5% on media spend and then you look at DSPs making- What's DSP? Uh, Demand-side platforms um, that agencies use for digital spend 
if they're making 18, 20, 22%, you think that's going to get commoditized. Way it, has to. it has to. It has, it has to. to. So you're doing, I mean, you're there's, the one who's doing that. There's way too much ed tech tax. Yeah. Um, and I think now there's a microscope, Mark Pritchard, uh, who runs the ANA, also runs marketing for mm-hmm. Procter & Gamble, basically came and said, for programmatic, he's seeing that ed tech tax being 75 cents on the dollar. That's unbelievable. That's, that's uh, yeah. Just to be clear, that means if you want to put a hundred bucks, I'm a very simplification here, but a hundred bucks through Facebook ads, 75 of that, 75 bucks of that money is going to basically going to go towards the platform you use to put the ad in place. And instead of the, the supply the actual or spend. the consumer. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Guys, big news. Last month was a huge month for the company I recently acquired, which was www.thetopinbox.com. I liked the company so much when I met the person who created it. It lets you send emails later on Gmail, set up reminders like snooze almost to keep your inbox clean, do things like send auto follow-ups and do open tracking so you know when your emails get opened. It's great if you're in sales or CEO or trying to be more productive. So listen, I bought the whole company on the spot and I wanna tell you how I did it. I've showed the deal, by the way, to big, smart people, private equity firms, VCs, and they're dumbfounded. They go, Nathan, how did you do this? We've never seen a deal like this. How did you do this? So I did an unbelievable deal and I wanna show you the income report. So for me to send you the income report, go to www.thetopinbox.com click the red button that says install this on Gmail. And when you do that, my email will appear. It'll appear in a little uh, Gmail pop-up window. Send me an email and I'll reply immediately with the income report. And you can see how I'm buying and growing small B2B SaaS companies. That's www.thetopinbox.com. Totally free to try and use. www.thetopinbox.com. Okay, so Bill, so we learned a little bit about the company, but uh, we didn't talk much kind of uh, about your past out there. So maybe some people might call you the $5 billion man, and let me break that down, and then I want your perspective on some of this. And he's a humble guy, as you can tell, right? So, so you've been in the ad tech space for a long time, most recently in 2015, Vista Equity, uh, and Robert and his crew, I believe, bought a majority stake in your company that valued the company at around $720 million. Correct. Tell us about that deal and why you decided to do that specifically with Vista. Sure. So, so we, I had been running MediaOcean for about five years. Uh, we had gone through a merger with a company called Donovan Data Systems. That's the company that was formed in 1967. I was wondering about that. I'm going, there's no yeah. way this guy's like yeah, 80. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> no, no, no. It's, I would be uh, minus four years. I was going to say, there's yeah. no way that would work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, this guy, it was a family business? So, well, it was, uh, so Michael Donovan was founder, CEO, 100% equity owner of Donovan Data Systems, or DDS. Oh, wow. Uh, Media Bank, which I was running. Uh, was a, a fierce competitor. In fact, you know, there, there was so much bad blood between us. When I finally met Michael to approach him about, you know, joining forces, I took a step back because it was, Michael is one of the, one of the greatest people I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I took a step back and I, and I pushed myself away from the, the table and said, I, 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 my conscience is killing me. I was like, my kids hate you. I was like, that's how much I've demonized you. Thanksgiving you know? dinner table, yeah. Christmas that's Eve, right. uh, I mean, family. I almost put a picture on a dartboard. Um, so, uh, but you know, we, we let our past be bygones and we joined forces. Um, and then- Now, what did that look like actually structurally? I mean, you just come together 50 it, like, it was a merger. Uh, they got a slight majority. Okay. Um, we, we, we had- uh, You hate that. You maybe hated it back then. Maybe now it doesn't matter because you're so big. But why did, in the moment, try and take us back to that moment. He, why? Well, he, so he, he, DDS contributed 102% of the net assets of the deal. Okay, so that. And they were five times our size. 
Okay, so you maybe got the better deal. You maybe. I maybe got the better deal. I think, I think, we, I think it was a win-win. Okay, good. Uh, now, the Department of Justice took, took a liking to us. They blocked the deal for anti-competition. We battled that for seven months and got through. Um, and then the hard work was, how do we actually you know, take these two companies that had great assets, but together create one culture? Mm-hmm. So, and so what year next, was this? Sorry. Um, so this was, this was uh, five years ago. So this was 2012. 13? Yeah. Merger and, 2012. Yes. Yeah. And, then, and then the hard work was began, which is how do we regain trust in digital? How do we build a new digital platform from scratch? We invested $100 million of R&D over five years to get there, mm-hmm. so about $20, $21 million a year. Uh, and, and then, you know, once that was established, we felt like these assets were just ripe for consolidation. Um, and we talked about all the intermediaries. You mean the space in the general. The space and our yeah. assets in particular. Um, so Vista Equity was a company that called on me for literally years um, because they were kind of stealth and only invest in SaaS-based B2B companies. I never called them back because I never heard of them. Yep. Uh, I finally met the founder. There was a little bit of a man crush within the there, first hour. There was. Yeah. 100%. What's he like in person? He, he you know what? Uh, so, well, there's Brian and Robert, who are the two founders. Yep. Uh, I met with Brian first. Okay. Uh, he was kind of a blue collar kid who grew up, you know, in Boston. Uh, I kind of, I, I kind of felt like he was just like me. Yep. Um, you know, everything he made himself. And was really down to earth, and uh, I, you know, I just loved the story. And, I've, and more importantly, I was looking for a partner that was going to help me get to the next level. We didn't need cash because we were very profitable. We we could have sold the company. We could have raised money. We could have raised debt. You weren't were you you weren't bootstrapped up to that point, were you? No. How much had you raised before 2015 when Vista came into the, the picture? You know, so so we had raised at Media Bank. We had raised around 50, a little over 50 million dollars. Okay. Um, but Donovan, you know, had been profitable literally every single year since 1967. So they capitalized most of the. So 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 you know there was there was there was cash flow. We funded that hundred million dollar investment. We funded out of operations. Oh, that's great. So yeah, so we 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 didn't have a cash problem. That's great. Uh, we had a strategy problem, which is how can we get more aggressive? Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked at Vista and their playbook and what they've done with other similar companies in other verticals, but SaaS based. And, You're talking Marketo, Cvent. Um, yeah, those are the new ones. Yeah. But even even it's before good. they looked at the auto industry, you know, hospitality, okay. you know, transportation. It's I mean, it's incredible what they've been able to do. And the reality is software companies are software companies. You know, it's a different vertical. Some of the go-to-markets are a little bit different, but at the end of the day, they're all, they look and feel the same. Yep. Um, so so I, I knew they were the partner for us, and, and then we just started negotiating. Negotiate the deal. Now, without getting into specifics, how do you value, you have to come up with a value, and it was reported about $720 million. They bought a majority stake, so I'm assuming they put in well over 350 400 yep. something like that. How do you negotiate a valuation on a company like MediaOcean? So, you know, for us, uh, we had, we feel like we had a good, you know, run rate and we had a good future, but at the end of it, uh, we're, we were at that point, we we're a 45 year old company, yep. 47 year old company. And, uh, it was largely based on a multiple of EBITDA. Okay. And, uh, and it was, it was really around, you know, the negotiation was there's a range is a low end of the range, the high end of the range. Um, I felt like because I was going to con- be continuing, I was stuck in the middle so I let that be between Vista and our selling shareholders. Oh, that's good. So when you say selling shareholders, the people that put $50 million into your first company, they were still on the cap table post, post-merger with Correct. Donovan? Correct. Got it. So you let them be the bad guys in case you're working together that's with right. these guys afterhand. It's still no, good it, to go. You know, at the end of it, it really was a win-win. So it's a multiple on EBITDA, though. 
I mean, does it drive you crazy? I mean, you were in New York, so you, let's just pop well, one. Well, listen, multiple. You're gonna apply multiple ways. It could have. It it could also be a multiple on revenue. Yeah. But the reality is, we we were you know a large software company throwing off a bunch of cash. I think Vista knew that there was there was even opportunity to make the existing business more efficient. You know, put put a bunch of debt onto the balance sheet. And since that since Vista's owned us for um, just about two years, a little over two years now. Okay. We've done six acquisitions. It's amazing. Yeah. And then they're, they're basically a credit card to help you do that if you need it, right? <laughs> You're laughing, but I mean, if it's rational yeah. and it makes yeah. sense, they're a funding if you source. you want to simplify it down to that, I think yeah. they take offense to that, but, you know. <laughs> How would you describe it? I don't want Robert or these guys after me. Uh, you know, you know value-added. There you know. go. Financial, you know. Yeah, one plus one equals three, et cetera, yeah. Okay, so, okay, makes a lot of sense. Um, walk me through, so you mentioned uh, uh, the spend going through you, 140 billion last year. You'll break, I think you said 160 this year, 400 employees just in this office. Give us the high level. How many total employees in the whole company right now? We're just under 1,000 employees. Okay, just uh, under 1,000. We're in about 11 countries. Okay. Um, you know, we, we did 141 billion last year. We'll probably uh, break about 150 billion this year. Okay, and is there an aspect of the business that is software? Do clients pay play a play pay a flat monthly fee to access the technology at all? You know, we we price our deals based on a really 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 small percentage of of revenue, um, and that's that's our that's, that's always been our revenue. Model. Okay, there's a lot of these ad tech companies that I'm talking to, and it's like maybe they're losing confidence in the percentage of spend model, so they're inventing SaaS platforms and sure. totally transitioning. Sure, interesting. Um, Okay, that makes sense. Uh, you're a creative guy. I'm, I'm, we're interviewing here. I'm looking at all these crazy pictures behind you. You're a creative guy. What's the weirdest thing you've done to acquire a customer? The weirdest thing I've done to acquire a customer. God, um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to think that one through before I answer. It's the one that you're going. If we just have this deal and we get it done, this is yep. big for the business. You know, it's funny when when I was at Media Bank and we were competing against Donovan. Uh-huh. Uh We were trying to win IPG, which is a big holding company. Okay. Um, now we looked at Donovan, and they they were kind of the the older, you know, more antiquated system. They were a little bit more stable. You know, there was no risk in staying with Donovan. So I knew we had to have the perception needed to be that we were this young, aggressive, innovative company. So I so I went to all my executive team and my sales team, my CRO, my CFO, my COO, um, and said, "Here's the deal: we're installing a uniform, and the uniform is jeans, a button-down shirt, and a blazer." It wasn't before that. No, it was not before that. What was it before? You know, pe people would wear slacks, and, yeah, you know, yeah, and okay. stuff. And and uh, in fact, when I started at MediaBank. They actually had a company policy, which was no jeans. Um, Only slacks in the... Yeah, and so I showed up my first day in jeans, um, and they said, someone pulled me aside and said, I think it was our head of HR, pulled me aside and said, but Bill, there, actually, there's a no jean policy. I was like, well, as CEO, that's probably the first decision I'm going to make. But, but we, were, we were negotiating Young with and IPG, IPG, and I that. said, we need to come in. We need to be viewed as the disruptors, and if you're not with us, you're going to be at a loss. Yep. Um, and um, and it's funny because it's one of those little things where it matters. You know, it, it matters. They come into the office. The perce perception is reality, and it matters. It does. Now, on average, what are you spending to acquire these customers? I mean, these are long, you know, big value kind of. You know, you know, back then at the holding company level, these were it literally was a year and a half sell cycle, mm -hmm. two year implementation cycle. Wow. I mean, so you know, it, you add it up, it's two to three years full cycle. Yep. Um, now that you know we've merged with Donovan, we have the big holding companies in the major markets. Um, now we're adding on, you know, kind of smaller agencies, 
And maybe those sell cycles are three to six months, implementation of, of you know, six to nine months. I want to get a sense of, as you're scaling, I mean, you have what other people don't want, which is massive scale. You're able to mess with the typical metrics of lifetime value and payback period. You have no cash issues. You're able to mess with those metrics to really mm -hmm. get a competitive advantage when you're trying to scale. I mean, sure. so are you, you probably care less about payback period because you have no cash issues. You can afford sure. to... I don't want to say lose money, but you can afford to not make any money on a client longer. The thing is, is, you know, when you get to our scale, the variable cost of new customers is almost immaterial. So, so you know, another way I would put it, just because Vista might be watching, uh, isn't you know a loss. It's it's you know the next incremental dollar is near 100% EBITDA. Got there you go. So it's great. That's what I was looking yeah, for. That, that makes good. That, that was really good. He makes good sense. Financial engineering. <laughs> financial engineering. Last set of questions here before I move into a kind of the last kind of section I want to talk about is cryptocurrencies and what it has to do with maybe ad tech specifically. Um, as a guy like you, kind of in your head, you've had many, many exits. You've found many, many companies. What is a, you know, when somebody owns a majority of your company, your mind has to change a little bit. How does a guy like you? beat away all the opportunity costs of going and starting the next big thing. I'm sure you're being recruited by other companies to run it. Why stay in a company where you, you, know, you don't have a majority anymore? I mean, the amazing part about Vista uh, is it was about a week before we are about to finalize the acquisition. Um, and we still hadn't come to agreement on my, my employment. Uh -huh. And so in the back of my head, I kind of started thinking, I guess they don't want me. And so I kind of brought it up to them and they said, Oh no no! We're doing this deal around you. We want you, um, and I said, "Well, then this is why, the first time. Why, why didn't you? You know." So, and but that's how confident Vista is in themselves. Yeah, uh, because they know as we're creating value. Um, I feel like I have become a better CEO since selling to Vista. Yep. You know, there is no piece of the business that I'm not on top of now. And you know, they have a way they they operationalize the infrastructure, reporting put in new processes. We were talking about hiring. Hiring yep. is now a science for us. We use no external recruiters because we ask everyone to take a wonder-like test. Um, and 21% of the world's population gets an A or a B on this test. We only hire A's and B's. So now, you know, we, we hire the best of the best. Uh, we have a new, you know, strategy. Uh, there's financial engineering. We're doing acquisitions. So, like, I feel like I'm using different parts of my brain now as a Vista-owned company. And frankly... You know, I, I don't think I will ever not work with Vista. Mm -hmm. So that's a big endorsement What's the for an entrepreneur. That is pretty good. I mean, that's pretty good. What's the playbook, though, at Vista? I mean, there's not a... How do you financially, personally, kind of get an exit? They buy the rest of the company? You guys decide to well, take it so, public? So, well, the other part is they, they re-up me. So, uh, so I... What does that mean? They, they allowed me to sell 100% of my equity on their acquisition, re-upped me. Got and it. So You're signing have, a new stock option agreement, basically. Yeah, so now I'm hungry. Again. So you did basically, you do get an exit even yeah, when. Absolutely. Got it. Absolutely. Got it. Got it. This is something a lot of people never talk about. I'm glad I actually brought this up. So, I mean, founders at your scale can do this all the time, which is sell portions. Maybe it's not 100%, yep. but even just yep. chunks of their equity. Absolutely. Series D, Series E, et cetera. And, you know, but we're, you know, they're looking at uh, how do I continually at least 3x their investment. So, you know, if, if you 3x from where we sold at last time, um, and we all participate, you know, it's, there's... It's good for everybody. It's good for there's everybody. There's champagne flowing. <laughs> Last set of questions, crypto. Yes. There's a lot of waste in the ad tech space. Some 100%. maybe put it at 7.2 billion annually. Yep. Does a blockchain-based ad tech platform solve these problems? So I, I wrote an article, co-authored an article with the founder and CEO of IP on Web about a week ago around, you know, like, because people are talking about blockchain as this, like, new yeah. savior. 
Um, and blockchain, don't get me wrong, is a disruptive piece of technology that we haven't seen since the advent of the internet. That being said, there are things that blockchain can solve for, things that they can't. Um, number one, they cannot, it cannot handle the level of scale that online advertising has, programmatic specifically. You're talking about um, real-time bidding specifically. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Or even just, just you know, online advertising in general. Yep. Um, but if you think about things like fraud, if you think about things like um, you know, kind of bad actors, uh, the, the, just all the ed tech tax, yep. um, and making sure that approved vendors are along the supply chain, that's where something that, that it can solve for. And, that's, um, and, and there's a bunch of startups in the space looking at it. Companies like MediOcean will be looking at yep. that. Um, and that's just good for the industry. Yep. So, you know, MediOcean, because we're kind of this neutral platform across the industry, anything that's good for the industry is good for us. So our interests are aligned. So, Do you have personally any exposure to crypto just to keep a pulse? Oh, so, so yes. Yeah, so there's a bunch of different companies um, there's, a, there's one company, Madhive, that created a, uh, a, a consortium called AdLedger, mm -hmm. um, and I proactively went after their, their uh, founder and CEO to make sure MediaOcean was part of that. Um, Nyax is another company that's partnered with NASDAQ. Uh, I'm actually on the board of Nyax. So, so I, you've I, got, I keep, I keep you've got all your pulse. fingers. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Absolutely. All right, last question before we wrap up. The Salesforce wants to get into this space. Let's say they want to be, go into it really aggressively. Yep. They come up, they have so much cash on their balance sheet, they go, Vista, Bill, here's a $5 billion check. Do you sell the company? Tomorrow. Tomorrow, really? Absolutely. Yeah, that's a quick decision. Absolutely. Well, and the other part of Salesforce, they have, you know, they have CRM, uh, you know, they have existing users through social. So yep. it's paid, owned, and earned. Yep. They have owned and earned. They don't have paid. Yep. Ocean actually would be the paid. You would see, that's a very interesting pitch, Benny Off, if you're watching. It sounded pretty direct. But, um, I mean, this does kind of, if you, look, I don't have any inside information, but when you look at publicly, I mean, they kind of have a hub and spoke model if you look at the past acquisitions they've done, yep. where they could essentially buy kind of the different, uh, uh, I don't want to call them point solutions because they're huge billion-dollar point solutions, and sure. staple all these things together and create sure. their own sales force. How sure. do you make decisions internally about, like how you fit in the portfolio of a Vista versus your you know, own company. So, so uh, in terms of media and advertising, MediaOcean was one of the first investments Vista did in that vertical. Obviously, since then they've acquired Marketo, uh, they've they've acquired MarketTrack, um, they've done a bunch of acquisitions. They're partners of ours. You know, I'm a partner of theirs. They're a partner of mine. They don't do a single deal in this space without you know consulting with me saying would this make sense as a standalone would this make sense within MediaOcean how would it play out so it's it's their investment committee is incredibly strategic very holistic and very thoughtful there you, there you guys have it. Bill, I appreciate you taking time. Started over 55 years ago, and you go back to the Donovan days doing print advertising, did $140 billion in ad tech placements, ad tech spend last year will pass me by $150 billion this year. Take a fraction of a percentage point, that's how they make money, lower than anything else in the industry. 2015 did a big deal with Vista that put them at a valuation, well over $720 million. He's now building into the future, but he would take a $5 billion acquisition, and Vista probably would too, from Salesforce. Bill Wise, thank you, appreciate it. Thank you so much.